Derek Franson, it's Andre Salveson. It's 106 on FM 1390 AM. The Fan, joined by Gabby the Intern here in studio. You can also join us on 106andthefan.com. Look up any of our previous shows, interviews, and such on Stitcher, iTunes, or Spotify. Just type in the Full Court Press. Eric, say my name. You'll be able to get all the con- content of our show and what we've brought out so far. Uh, we hope to have Tony Jones here in a bit. Eric might have gave me a false number. See, Eric, this is why you don't joke around when you give me a phone number, okay? Well, I don't know. What are you talking about? No, you know what I'm talking about. I gave you his okay? phone number. No, you gave me a bunch of numbers in in lengthy, or I guess in spurts. Were they in the right order? Yes. No, I don't know. Because when you go 8, <laughs> zero, one, five, three, <laughs> two, three, five. Okay, what the fetch, man? I lost you at 8. Uh oh, he's got a different number. <laughs> you genius! <laughs> Freaking babysitting! Like this is why I'd rather have well, Gabby. Just replied because to me I don't have to babysit to Gabby. Call him, now I don't have Gabby's a pen. Gabby's prepared. You don't have a pen. You have a pen? <laughs> don't catch catch the pen. It's right there. Oh, uh, what's shaking, everybody? Am I too late? Oh, he says I owe him cookies. So, Eric, we made a deal that uh, 9835, dang it, I do own cookies. He's actually not wrong. Ow. Ow. Uh, he said, uh, when I opened the show in the first hour, he said, why didn't you open the show by saying, what's shaking, everybody? And I was like, oh, that's good. And I told him if I didn't open the second hour with that, I'd owe him a crumble cookie. Ooh, yeah, you, you were a little late there. Shut it, Eric. All right, uh, text me your favorite cookie, and we'll, uh, without getting coronavirus on it, we'll get it to you one way or another. Text me your favorite cookie, though. I do owe you, though. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right, so, uh, well, AJ. I got to call him with the right number. Wait, has is this the even right the right number. number? He changed his number from what I used to have in my Rolodex. No, actually, that's the number. I have that uh, number that he just gave you in my phone, so maybe you're not as BFFLs as uh, Apparently not. I've got, yeah. like, old. Best friends for life. Stuff, or maybe he was giving me some stranger's phone number. Uh, anyway, that would I guess explain why he never texted me back the other day. <laughs> the only reason I can communicate with him is through direct message on uh, on Twitter. Uh, so anyway, we'll get some updates from Tony Jones. A really interesting article that he put together on the Athletic about the relationship right now between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. It's tense right now. It's a jazz organization. Probably happy, really happy for this break, just so those two athletes can simmer down and work together again. Um, then, to, is there going to be a return to the NBA? As more players are are being tested, a few more players being tested positive for the coronavirus, does that delay things even further, or it's in the self-imposed uh, break right now anyway, and nothing was going to happen as a result, no matter what? So, anyway. Get some of his thoughts on what he knows currently about the situation going on in the NBA, uh, and then how that changes the calendar, how that potentially changes and affects contracts. Uh, so a lot of different things to unpack about how this uh, recent coronavirus uh, issue has been spreading around the country and affecting lots of different leagues. Yeah, and so now joining us here on the Full Court Press, he is the Utah Jazz beat writer from The Athletic, does terrific, terrific work. Um, in fact, wrote a great article on Rudy's and Donovan's relationship. Uh, you know, if I just if it's repaired or how it can be repaired and such. Uh, Tony, my man, thanks for joining us. 
How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, I, you know, I think you ask us, how are we? We're okay, but we're not the ones who sat inside of Chesapeake Arena for, I don't know, how late at night uh, and through like one of the most craziest situations I've ever heard beat writers have to sit through. I know you've had to recount the experience probably a thousand and one times. I'm going to ask you to do it one more time, though, for us. <laughs> Anything for you guys. It was, um, it was, it was crazy. It was surreal. Um, you know, it was one of those things where, um, you know, your instincts are to be a reporter and do your job. Um, but at the same time, you're worried about your overall personal health. Um, you know, so, you know, the, the, the members of the traveling media, we just had to be patient and we were in, we were in constant communication with the NBA we were in uh, contact with the Jazz. You know, the, I think the key context is nobody knew what was going on, so it was just kind of like everybody was just trying to figure out what was going on on the fly. Um, and then, you know, and then, you know, we finally got tested. We, you know, it took the whole thing took about six hours. The entire experience from when the game got canceled to when uh, we, we walked out of the arena. Um, it's funny that you asked me this question because last Wednesday seems like six months ago and it was only seven days ago and so much has happened since then um, including being in like you know a major earthquake uh, uh, this morning so it's 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 been interesting it's been an interesting week for sure it, well, as you said, it's been a very interesting year in the NBA with what happened in China, uh, the 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 Daryl Morey tweet and the firestorm that created, uh, Kobe Bryant's uh, tragic passing, uh, and now this. I mean, th- this is certainly going to go down as one of the most bizarre NBA seasons and th- things outside of what actually happens on the court of play. But how does this now uh, uh, affect? where things are going to be for the NBA. I mean, we just find out just the other day that four New Jersey Nets players, New Jersey, there you go again, with the old habits, Brooklyn Nets players tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, Does that, do you see that the NBA calendar is really going to be starting again when they say it is, or does it now look like it may even be pushed back further? No, I think the the answer to that question is, Let's see, Tony. We're kind of having a hard time hearing you. I don't know if you can get in a, potentially a better spot. Is that better? There we go. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I think I think the the biggest answer to that question is that nobody knows, right? Like, I think you know we're in a position right now to where um, the the corona the the coronavirus health situation is going to get worse before it gets better. Um, I think we're in a position where we have to consistently uh, reassess, um, you know, just constantly. So we have to reassess in two weeks and then reassess in four weeks and then six weeks and so on and so on because, you know, I don't think that the NBA or any uh, major league could come back until this thing kind of flatlines a little bit. And we don't know when that's going to be. Um you know, it could be easy to say, well, we could get a, um, a vaccine. And I do I do believe that we can eventually develop a vaccine. But, 
you know, I think that that's, you know, 12 to 14 months down the road. Um, you know, I know that the the league and the, and its owners, because of so because of so much money at stake uh, from so many different uh, places, I know that there's hope that uh, we can continue over the summer um, and 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 get back to where we left off. But you know, that's not anywhere near uh, a guarantee. And you know, I can honestly see a scenario where. You know, there's there's no NBA, and I can see a scenario where uh, there's no NBA for the rest of the season, uh, coupled with there's a delay to the start of next season. I mean, I think we have to realize how serious um, we're in with the coronavirus. Um, this is something that um, this is something that I, I think the vast majority of Americans are going to be exposed to before we're finished. I want you to put you on your commissioner hat for just a moment. If and when this NBA season does resume, would you rather finish out the 18 regular season games or do you just skip it, go straight to postseason, and move on? Um, I have two answers to the question. Sure. Um, I would rather play the 18 regular regular season games that are remaining because if you go straight to the playoffs after guys haven't been playing, guys have been on on playing Call of Duty for a month and a half, <laughs> you're going to have some bad basketball, and you're going to expose guys to injury. Um, but I I think I think that best case scenario is if we come back mid to late June, or if we come back early July you know, you're just going to have to go straight to playoffs because it takes two months for the playoffs to, to be played. Um, so if you come back mid-June, let's say you come back June 15th, you're still playing games. You're still playing games on August 8th, most likely. Okay? Um, August Around August 11th, that's when your schedule comes out for the new year. Um, what do you do with the draft? What do you do with free agency? Um, you could probably go with no summer league, so you could cancel that. What about the pre-draft process? What about the, 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 the beauty of the NBA is that its regular season has become, um, almost, um, you know, almost as intriguing and almost as busy, almost as busy in some spots as the regular season. Um, it's off season has become almost as intriguing as, as the regular season. So um, there's it's, there's a lot to having an, uh, an NBA offseason. So if you're still playing games on August 8th, you most likely have to delay the start of the 2020-2021 season uh, and whether you play 82 games or whether you play uh, a shortened season there, you're going to have decisions to make there. So, you know, I, I almost think that when you come back, you have to just come back and go straight to the playoffs uh, and try to finish up as, as quickly as you can. Again, we're talking to Tony Jones, beat writer for the Utah Jazz, for The Athletic, always does great work. And uh, one of the pieces that you've done here recently was examining the current relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, initial reports, that I mean, based on some of their social media posts, it looked like it's, well, that maybe Donovan Mitchell was harboring some ill will towards Rudy Gobert and 
maybe some of his careless actions. We were uncertain if that was, we were looking into things, if other people were trying to blow this up more than it really is. But based on some of the things that you've looked into, it like there may be something there. Yeah, well, I mean, it, there's definitely something there. Um, you know, so it's just a matter of whether they can work through it and and, and sit down and cooler heads can prevail. I tend to think yes. Uh, I don't think their problems are, their issues are serious enough to to where we, we get to, to a point where it's, it's a point of no return. Um, you know, I do think that that there's some 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 hard feelings towards uh, Rudy, not not just from Donovan, but from others in the locker room. Um, but you know, I, I think Rudy understands that you know he made a mistake on Monday. I don't think he made a mistake in terms of you know you know touching so touching reporters' microphones that didn't give that didn't give anybody the coronavirus. You know, it was just the principality and, and the message that it sent um, of of just kind of being callous towards the whole thing. That was what was the bad look. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, Rudy's been really vigilant and really good, uh, you know, since his positive diagnosis. Um, you know, he, he apologized publicly. Um, you know, he's trying to take uh, a lead in, in coronavirus awareness. Uh, that's been really good. Obviously, he, you know, he pledged a, a significant monetary commitment, um, you know, to help against the coronavirus. That's been really good. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm sorry, I just felt a, there's a minor aftershock coming oh. where I'm at right now. So at the end of the day, I think um, – you know, Rudy's done a lot uh, to kind of atone for, for that misstep. Um, you know, and I think, you know, just behind closed doors, I just think that Donovan and Rudy just have to have a conversation or some conversations. And, and you know, I think the Jazz just need to just go ahead and figure out a way to put this behind them. Tony, I, I know and I understand if you don't want to answer this question, but you being the professional reporter you are and so damn good at your job, were you a little bit or even at all miffed at the way Adrian Rojanowski came out with his tweet about Donovan and Rudy and the Jazz players and, and just to open up the coronavirus situation? Well, you know, I, I have great respect for, for Adrian. Um, I think he's the best in the business at what he does, uh, and I think that's obvious. Um, you know, I, I do think that I wish he had worded that differently. Um, but at the end of the day, you know what? I mean, every word that he said in the tweet was turned out to be accurate. Um, especially, you know, when, you know, I did, uh, I went and did my own reporting. So, you know, you can't get mad at a guy for being accurate. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, it was brutal honesty. Now where I think the unfortunate part from that tweet is, um, that, you know, it just set off such a firestorm, um, to where Rudy got so beat up on social media that, you know, I think that that part wasn't fair to, to Rudy because, you know, like, like I said before, 
you know, he didn't give anybody the coronavirus by touching reporters' microphones. Um, he didn't, to be honest, he didn't even expose anybody as a high risk. You know, we were given um, a message from the from the Utah Health Department that any microphone that Rudy touched on Monday, those guys, the 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 mic, the, the that reporter of that microphone was considered low risk. Um, so they didn't have to. At that point, there was nobody even had to self quarantine. Um, so you know, Rudy didn't put anybody in jeopardy uh, by touching microphones. Um, you know, so I think that you know, Twitter and social media acting like he was patient zero, and acting like you know, the the entire virus was because of him. That was really unfair. But you know, I mean, as as Donovan's Good Morning America um, interview shows. I mean, Adrian was right, right in what he tweeted. He was accurate. So you can only get so mad at a guy when he's accurate, whether you know you like the words, the wording, or, or not. Uh, I gotta ask you. I know it's off topic and off and off base, but how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, I, you know, I'm. I, I want to be off quarantine, but I still have eight more days to go. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, I I just you know I I would really love to to you know when I do get off quarantine, um, you know I'm going to be very careful. I'm still going to spend the majority of my time at the house. Um, you know I'm still going to you know. Uh, do my best to avoid avoid large crowds, but man, I would just, I just want to just, you know, get out of <laughs> get out of my room, and and you know, hang out with my kids and hang out with my wife, and I, I can't do any of that right now for another eight days. So that part is really tough, um, but you know, because I was um, directly exposed to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, um, it's something that I just have to do. You know, talking to Tony Jones, uh, beat writer for The Athletic, covers the Utah Jazz. Um, and with some of the things going on in the NBA, uh, where let's step away from what's me, the, what the future might hold with when play might resume or everything like that. Let, let's look at where the Jazz were. And the moment of the NBA was before that, that fateful Wednesday night. Was this team positioned to, to make a run? In the Western Conference, they've had their ups and downs this season. Uh, they were looking like maybe they could start to get things back on track, but then there was still some uncertainty with how that Toronto game played out. Before all this went down, how would you have assessed the the health and the future of the Utah Jazz in a playoff run? Well, they were certainly in a position to make a run. I mean, they're in the fourth spot of the Western Conference. They were forty-one and twenty-three. Um, last Wednesday was a big game. Uh, against Oklahoma City. Um, so, I mean, they were certainly in position. The question is whether they would have, whether they could have defended enough to, to make a run, whether, you know, they could have been cohesive enough on the floor uh, to make a run. And those were those were big questions. Um, but, you know, they, they would have been in the middle of, um, a pretty difficult schedule had things not got halted. Um, there was Oklahoma City on Wednesday. 
they would have had the New Orleans Pelicans and uh, Memphis Grizzlies over the weekend. Um, they would have had a back-to-back against the Los Angeles Lakers. In fact, they would have been playing against the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in Staples Center tonight. Um, so, you know, they would have certainly had uh, their opportunity to to um, prove that they could make a run, a real run, or, you know, prove that they were just one of those uh, teams that uh, were really good, um, but kind of a notch below um kind of a notch below the uh the 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 real contender. So it would have been interesting to see which way they would have gone. Um and and I hope that we get a chance to see I I hope that we get a chance to see the re- remain remainder of the season for them. I know you're a big fan from a media standpoint of Sam Merrill and the Mish Keta. Sam Merrill's historic three nights in Vegas. I I don't know if you got to see the game or even see highlights. Oh, you? I, I, I watched my boy Sam. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't get that twisted. That's my guy. I watched him. Well, he's obviously a big fan of you. Is he's he's putting it out on Twitter very much. A, a huge fan of you. Uh, the most famous person to reach out to that, him after yeah, the show. Listen, listen. <laughs> don't listen to that. I, <laughs> hey, I, I have I, no I, idea what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta ask you. Uh, you having your ear so close to the tracks in regards of NBA. Is there a chance that Sam can make the league? Oh yeah. Is there teams involved, like interested in him? Do you know? I mean, you don't have to be give specifics, but do you feel like teams will be interested in him and in playing in the NBA? So, I know you have to be careful. You know, this is, you know, it's. I know that I, I will estimate that if let, let's say this was a regular, like we didn't have any, we didn't have any stoppages or anything, right? Yeah. Um, I believe that he would have had at least 20, 20 workouts, 20 workouts with at least 20 NBA teams. <laughs> um, I talked to a, um, I, I talked to one of my, uh, one of my scouting sources. I'm going to put this out as not with the jazz, just to, to be clear. And I, and I asked about, Sam and you know he told me that he has no doubt that Sam could play in the NBA offensively just the question is defensively um who can he guard and what can he guard but they but after watching him this year you know they the thought is that he can certainly play in the league offensively now Sam's issue is that he is what is he is he 24 or is he 25 he'll be 24 in two months Right, so that's Sam's issue. That's that that's his issue, and mm. uh, that's one of his issues. And his and his second issue is, um, you know, he's got to prove that he can guard at that level. Um, I think he can play point guard um, for 15 minutes a night in the league, and, and be and be a solid backup because he's so good off the dribble. He's so good in pick and roll. Um, he can score in so many ways. He doesn't need the basketball to be effective. He can spot up and shoot. Um, he can do. He could just do a lot of things. Um, just the question for for him is, you know, how does how does how does he guard his position? Is so, that? I mean, even with that fact that he's guarded guys like Malachi. I mean, he guard their best perimeter player on the on the defensive side while handling the majority of 
I guess, possessions on the offensive side. He guarded guys like Malachi Flynn, the Harris kid from Nevada, and they still wonder, though? Uh, I'm going to tell you, listen, I've I covered – I covered the, uh, the the WAC slash Mountain West. I covered the NBA. It's unbelievable in the NBA how good these guys are. Mm. Like it's just like it's like you watch it on TV and you say, "Yeah, these guys are really good." Watching these guys in person, like these guys are unbelievable. I, I'll give you, I'll give you, I, I'll give you an example. Kyle Collinsworth is an unbelievable basketball player. Unreal. And he's a fringe NBA player. Like it's 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 just really it's just it's, it's just really startling how good these guys are. So I mean and that's not to say that that Sam won't be able to come in and guard. Um I'm just saying I don't think Malachi Flynn's ever playing a possession in the NBA. And I think he's pretty good. Um, okay. but, but, you know, it'll be, but like I said, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, like he workouts would have been, so he, Sam is in such a unique position and I'll say the same thing for Yoli Childs of BYU, because what if there are no pre pre-draft workouts, they've already canceled Portsmouth. They're going to can't, they're probably going to cancel the, the combine, the, the draft combine. So for people like Sam and, and, and Yoli, seniors who have to, uh, whose whose draft stock is probably going to be contingent on how they do uh, in, in workouts and, and in the pre and in the pre-draft process, there might not be a pre-draft process. So that's gonna that that's gonna put them in a really unique spot, and it's gonna be uh, a real issue for 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 both of those guys. Uh, what about uh, Namish Keda? Do you think that uh, he tested the NBA waters a year ago, decided to come back? Is he a future NBA talent? I think he's looked at as a future NBA talent. I think, you know, obviously he's got um, – he's very, very athletic for a big. Um, he's very a very good rim protector. Um, you know, I think that he's got a – He's got to extend his range to where he can consistently uh, knock down the perimeter shot. Uh, he's just got to keep being better. He's now his physical tools are are are, are there, um, but his game he's got to he's just got to keep getting better. I think he's probably going to declare for the draft um, because you know from everything I I I heard he really wanted to come out last year but you know he was he was advised um by multiple teams to stay in school um but you know he's just a guy that needs to keep uh working on his craft keep working on his his game i think he should come out because i think that even if he doesn't get drafted or if he gets drafted in the second round somebody's going to give take somebody's going to give him a two-way somebody's going to keep him around for a year to where they can develop him uh, and I think they, you know, I think that him, if he gets to the right team, to where they have a real good player, a good player development program, um, I think he's going to get that'll give him a chance to stick. Hey, final question for me, Tony. I got to ask you. Eric and I were discussing if there was one during this little break of sports, if there's one game you could go back and watch 
from, you know, okay, I'll give you two options. You're going to do NBA or any sport from a, a classic game. What's the one game you would want to watch? Would Georgetown be involved? <laughs> um, probably. <laughs> so I only get one game? You get one game from ESPN or whoever to air it for you, and that's the one game you get to watch over and over again. Okay. Okay, I can do this. Um, Georgetown, North Carolina, 2007 Regional Final. Ooh. I've watched that one. I've missed this one. I was gone during this time. What What was this game about? So that was when Georgetown went to the Final Four. That was, um, Who was playing for Georgetown at the time? That was Jeff Green and Roy Hibbert. Oh, oh, jeez. Um... And my 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 next one, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick one more. Just go ahead. I'm the guest. The the customer is always right. <laughs> <laughs> you always get a plus one. Yeah. Uh, Golden State Cleveland Game Seven, 2016. Oh my Ooh. gosh! Is that yeah the LeBron block? Hey, I, I gotta ask you. Like when you go back to the game, I was actually watching that game just the other day, and it still gives me chills. Like that whole entire fourth quarter, just gives me chills. And I'm the biggest. Homer for Michael Jordan. Always have been, always will be. But watching LeBron in that fourth quarter just spins your head sideways and makes you rethink things in that regard, doesn't it? I mean, it didn't make me rethink things. I already, You're already I, on the I was, train. I was already on LeBron is, is <laughs> as good as Michael Jordan's train. Like, he just needs to, he just needs a couple more titles to, to really stake a claim. Um, but just, you know, LeBron just kind of dominating that game, and Kyrie making, obviously making a big shot. LeBron had, having a thirty point triple double, um, Draymond Green almost having a thirty point triple double. Um, you know, Cleveland coming back from double digits down, uh, the block on Iguodala. Um, nobody could score in the final three minutes. And it wasn't because it was bad basketball. It was just because the defenses were that both that good. Um, you know, it was it was one of the classic games in NBA history. So I, I would definitely, I, I would definitely watch that one. But why over Jordan? Jordan was six and zero in finals. I'm sorry, but I got to have this conversation with you live on air since I've got you. Six and zero in finals. Barkley, Stockton, Malone twice. Gary Payton, Magic Johnson, all are victims of this list. Why LeBron? So, I'll ask you two questions. Please. How many finals appearances did Jordan go into of those six where the Bulls were not the significantly better team? Uh, fair. I, 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 say, I, I still I think the Lakers. Zero. The Lakers in, in, in 90? The Lakers in 90 had a hobble James Worthy. They had Magic Johnson, who was still good. Um, but you know, like Terry Teagle was in, in, in that rotation, Vlade Divac was in the rotation. Um, you know, the bulls were, were, the bulls were better. They were much better. They were much better than the entire league. So that's, that's, so my thing is, and this is, and this is beyond Mike, cause obviously Mike is the best player. He deserves all the accolades and we're taking like LeBron out. LeBron's the best player. He deserves all the accolades. How many team? How many finals 
of the nine that LeBron's made that he's gone in where he's been the better team? Oh, zero. Wait, well, I guess three. Sorry. No, three. No, no, There's been a couple. I would say two. Miami's with the Heat. Miami, Dallas in 11, and Miami, Oklahoma City in 12. I think the Spurs in 13 were the better team. They were slightly better. They were much better in 14. And then every other finals, like LeBron was the significant underdog. So I would definitely agree with that. So when you have it's, – it's, it's hard – it's hard to beat a team four times. This isn't the NCAA tournament. Like, if you're the better team going into an NBA series, you're probably going to win that series because it's hard to beat a team four or seven times when you're just not better than that team. Um, so, you know, now where I would say, now where I would ding LeBron is, he lost one of his finals where he was, he was definitely the better team. Like he was definitely the better team in 2011. And they lost those finals. If you want to put Jordan over LeBron in one one area, when Jordan was the better team, when Jordan had the better team, Jordan never lost. Now, when he didn't have the better team, he did lose. But that was always before the finals, so nobody ever talks about it. You could probably argue that Jordan also had better coaching. Jordan always had better coaching. It's not even a question. Yeah. Uh, speaking Man, of coaching, Jackson. <laughs> uh, speaking of coaching, got a, a text that came in. Uh, curious about your opinion about uh, Ewing with the Georgetown. Is he the right guy? I like him. I think he, obviously, I think he had a, a real setback this year where the entire program transferred out. Um, you know, but I mean, what I was, as a Georgetown fan, what I was proud of was that the, the the remaining five guys that he had, those guys all played hard for him. Like they 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 visibly played hard. Um, you know, and I think that he's um, I think that he's a good recruiter. Um, I think he's still learning his way uh, as an end game coach, but um, I, I think that. You know, I think that he has a chance to. to I think he's going to give them a chance to turn it around. So I'm, I'm on board. Uh, Tony, that's great stuff. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate you. You're the most famous person we've ever had on our show. So thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Thank you. Listen, if you guys don't listen, I, all I am is somebody who kills flies at Maverick Stadium once upon a time. Ah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tony the Terminator. I forgot about that story. Oh, I heard about yes. that. Tony, uh, such damn good stuff, man. Thank you so much. Very, very much. Greatly appreciate it. Stay safe and uh, wish you the best. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, big guy. Take care. Tony Jones, read his stuff on The Athletic. Yes, it is a subscription website, but uh, I'll tell you, it's worth it. They've got great oh, material. Oh, so good, Eric. Uh, they, they've got a great staff. They do a lot of great work covering the NBA, the NFL, college basketball, college football. So uh, Tony's always been a friend of the program and always appreciate him coming on and spending some time with us. Long overdue for a break, but when we come back, Eric, there's two stories that are rising. One, Rachel Nichols is currently interviewing Adam Silver, and he's talking about a a possibility of the season starting later than November. And then also the second part, Utah Jazz in arena employees may not be getting paid, I guess, for having a situation where they can't work. 
Um, I would love to, love to get your thoughts on this. It's Full Court Press, Eric Franson, I'm Ajay Salveson, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ave and Gab of the Intern in the House and a Full Court Press on a Wednesday for you, March 18th, 540 your time. Uh, great stuff from Tony Jones, a big thanks to him for joining us while stuck in his room. And unable to escape for a whatever amount of time. Uh, by the way, just a really quick note for you. If you're looking for any good content from ESPN, they don't have any. Nope, doesn't look like it. Evansville versus Kentucky at 9. Villanova and Penn is a replay at 11.30 if you're interested in Villanova at Penn. Uh, yeah, otherwise you're screwed. They got nothing for you. Uh, Eric, uh, Rachel Nichols is currently interviewing uh, Adam Silver, uh, and there's a couple of things that he came out with that was really, really interesting, uh, and now I just lost it too, by the way, uh, about the season starting at Christmas time. Did you see this? No. So, now i got to look it up. I got it. Uh, here it is. Uh, Rachel Nichols asked if this could result in the NBA calendar being permanently shifted such as seasons starting on Christmas. Adam Silver, quote, possibly those things are always were those are things we're always talking about, end quote. The fact that he says possibly scares me to death, man. Because Adam's so front and honest with you that he's gonna say, No, we're gonna be starting here. This is what we want to do. When he says possibly, it's like, oh jeez. I know that the NBA has been looking at uh, significant ratings declines this year. It's not been a good year for the NBA. It was talked about with, with Tony, the the international fiasco because of one executive's tweet about what was going on in Hong Kong. Cost the league tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, the ratings have not been good this year. No. The NBA has not done a good job of Why haven't the NBA finding new, new players to pump up. Because you had Kevin Durant. Out, you had Steph Curry out. Kyrie Irving's out. Yeah, so but, wait, some... but but can we find other guys besides Alex Caruso? Like I feel like we heard very little about Rudy Gobert. We've heard very little about Donovan Mitchell. We've heard very little. I mean, give me Even another guys like Damian player. Lillard. Yeah. who've had some exciting there moments. So the NBA was dealing with that, and then yeah, we talked about Kobe Bryant's passing, um, but. Any, the only it seemed like the only team that was getting ratings on TV were the Lakers, and so agree. that was problematic. I think too. I think the NBA saw that, and then they're like, "Oh, we got to hype this, this Lakers team every chance we get." So it becomes a problem when they put all their eggs in one basket. Um, but so they they were playing with different ideas, like the in season tournament and delaying the start of the season. I, I think those are all bad ideas. Yeah, no, I would, I would, uh, absolutely. I, that's that's a great point to bring up. Do you? Could you imagine? I know we talked about this yesterday, Eric. NBA basketball in the summer, like in August, in September, if that's the case. Along with, well, if we hope to have, uh, summer football, I guess fall football, getting ready for camp. MLB baseball, hopefully, will be back by then. It'll be actually an intriguing summer. We'll be all right. 
The Olympics? The Olympics, yeah. If And, and again, we, if we that go back happens. the conversation. Now, coronavirus is uh, very minimal right now in Japan and, that, and has been. But the, the real question is not necessarily how are things in Japan, but how are things in other countries? How are things, can you hold any qualifying events? Will you allow people from countries that are severely affected into your country? So, yeah, we're not out of the woods yet on all of this. But I think that there's a there's certainly the sense that the NBA is still uncertain about what it's going to do. Yeah. Amen. In fact, Adam Silver on Sports Center, quote, we're trying by every means we can to play basketball again this season. End quote. You could tell, he quotes you exactly, Eric, we have no idea what's going to happen. Like, we have no idea where this is going to go. And by the way, just a, a quick news update, uh, off sports topic, but Utah State has canceled their ceremony for graduation this year. So there'll be no graduation for Utah State students. They're going to try and honor it later, but the uh, scheduled graduation will not happen this year. Yeah, and that's not just unique to Utah State. That's across higher education in the yeah. state of Utah, yeah. apparently, BYU, from what uh, we're Utah seeing. Utah announced it as well. Um, uh, also, just since we're passing these news and notes along, uh, our friends here at the Cash Valley Media Group, teamed up with a lot of local restaurant owners and have come up with one clearinghouse for uh, food delivery. Because a lot of people are practicing social distancing. The governor of Utah said all in, in, uh, in restaurant dining is canceled after tonight. So if you want to eat out, if you want food, you either have to go pick it up or have it delivered to you. So... Uh, a lot of those local restaurants have banded together, um, and uh, we've created a website for them. It's called CashValleyRestaurantDelivery.com. So go check it That's out. That's so cool. So Because there's some restaurants that have catering services. Well, they're not catering any events right now, so they have the vans, they have the personnel, and there's these restaurant owners are really concerned about their employees giving them work and because nobody's eating and no one's leaving tips. So they're working out a way to uh, help each other out. Even though they're competitors, they're banding together. I think it's super cool. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Great work by you guys, by the way, too, to be able to promote the local restaurants who are in need of help. Which, by the way, I didn't know how many local restaurants we had until I saw on Catch Valley Daily. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's just a sliver. I had no, like, I honestly had no idea how many local restaurants we had. Yeah, that, that's, that's the initial grouping. There's about 20 restaurants together so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're curious about... Where to eat, and uh, if you want some food delivered to you, there are options. Eric, I got to ask you. We're going to go to break here in just a little bit. I do got to ask you this. So, uh, Andy Larson of the Select Tribune is reporting an email sent to part-time Vivint Arena workers said that workers would only receive payment for actual hours worked on their next paychecks, not yet incorporating Rudy Gobert's donation or any help from LHM on lost wages. Um, I'm going to try and, and and stay on the line here because I. Yeah, just because. Uh, but I'm saddened for those part-time workers who do, by the way, work extremely hard. Long hours. I was one of those there, by the way. Well, and, and, no, and no care for them at all. Well, it's – I don't know if care is the right word, but certainly I think it is, it's a challenging situation for a lot of businesses right now. We're we're seeing that here. We're getting a lot of clients canceling their orders. Like we don't even know what to advertise right now. So stop our advertising. And so, from a business owner, 
certainly a, a large group like the uh, uh, NBA franchise that has that employs a lot of people on sometimes a nightly basis with all the different events that are going on, and all of those have stopped abruptly. Your source of income and revenue has gone away. Now, and so how how do you pay them? But you want to take care of people, but at the same time, you have your you want to stay in business and be able to still be there when this thing comes back. According to Hardwood uh, Perrickson, uh, their latest list says that 29 teams have already pledged to take care of the part-time workers. He goes, I mean, you have to see if they stick to their word, but they've already pledged, and including players like Zion Williamson. Yeah, who, big shout out putting to in money. Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, a lot of other NBA players that said, you know what, we know this is important. These these people help everything that happens in these arenas. We're going to do what we can to help take care of them too. Now, now there are organizations like the state of Utah has different programs in place that if you are affected by this downturn, if your job is directly affected to coronavirus cutbacks, then there are some ways to get assistance. But I, it is cool to see that uh, some organizations are stepping up and saying, you know what, we're still going to take care of our people. Uh, it's unfortunate the Utah Jazz maybe not doing that as much as they could, but it's great to hear that uh, others are stepping in to help where they can. We're going to take a break. Coming back with our stat that blew our mind and our player of the week. We're two days late, but who cares? We'll be back with that and more on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. It's the Full Court Press. Eric France and Andre Salson here on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, 1069thefan.com. You can also find us on our podcast platform, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, it is time for our stat and player of the week. We got to this just a little bit late because of a kind of a we had a heavy interview schedule yesterday, and we'll have a decent schedule tomorrow as well. So, uh, Eric, stat that blew your mind. All right, this is uh, some recent trades in the NFL has caught a lot of attention. One of them is specifically Scott. Things started earlier this week. DeAndre Hopkins leaving the Houston Texans, going to uh, Phoenix to play with the Cardinals. Um, he is going to be joining a really good wide receiver group. Uh, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald is already there. And so will he get enough touches? Will either one of them be able to coexist? Well, here's the stat that blew my mind. Last year, the Cardinals ran 328 plays with four wide receivers on the field. That's more than the next five teams combined. Since 2013, by the way, Hopkins has hauled in the third most receptions in the NFL. Just behind him, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, yummy. I like it. Uh, Eric Nick Foles is uh, headed to Chicago. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are trading Nick to Chicago for a compensatory, whatever that word is, fourth-round pick. Nick Foles has won four playoff games as a starter since 2017. We won't talk about when those four games happened. The Bears have won four playoff games since the start of the 91 season. I also was looking at another stat. This is actually courtesy hmm. of ESPN Stats and Info. Uh, do you know where this Super Bowl is going to be held this year? In Tampa Bay. Never in NFL history has the home team or has a team play in its home stadium for the Super Bowl. Really? Well. Tom Brady has a chance to make it his first. Uh, or history says, don't count on it, Tom Brady fans. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm partially scared. I really am partially scared. 
Who is your player of the week? My player of the week is Rudy Gobert. Ah, spicy. Give me it. Um, he, because of him being tested positive, it it created a dramatic shift in America's consciousness. Um, Adam Silver, even today, saying if that wouldn't have happened, there were a lot of young people who were not taking the necessary precautions to take this seriously. Um, it, it canceled the NBA. It canceled Major League, uh, well, delayed Major League Baseball, NHL, the NCAA tournament. Uh, he got a lot of grief, but I think we should be giving him a lot more props, um, especially in the wake of what's happened after the fact and how he's handling it and stepping up to the plate, trying to help other people and raise awareness and giving of his own cash to help out. My player of the week is actually me, Zion Williamson. He was like really the first player, well, besides Rudy, one of the first players. He's a rookie, Eric, mm. and he comes out. 19 years old. And he donates a chunk of money. Hundred grand. Is that what it was? Hundred grand. I can't remember if it was two hundred or one hundred. Uh, to New Orleans staff workers who are going to be losing hours. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought that was awesome. Good move. You're right. He was the first, and several others followed. And Mark Cuban really kind of led the charge. Then he, as the owner, saying, "You know what? I'm going to make sure we have a program in place." Yeah, that very night when it was all happening, he was uh, he went right out early on, saying, "We're going to do what we can to keep take, to take care of our people." If you want to find our show today, we'll have it on our podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. You'll also have the Tony Jones interview separate from the shows in case you just want to listen to the interview itself. Coming up tomorrow, Bob Sochi of the New England Patriots will join us on the Full Court Press to talk about the Patriots stance and a situation in which you're looking for a quarterback for the first time in 20 years. For Gab of the Intern, Eric Franson, I'm Andre Salveson. You've been listening to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 139 AM, The Fan.